welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Hello. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. This podcast is brought to you by Barbasol, the new Barbasol Shave Club featuring the premium Ultra 6 Plus Razor. Choose from three different subscription frequencies, and you can cancel any time. Grab a starter kit and use discount code BROWNS to receive $2 off your initial order. Visit Barbasol.com today. And it's not too late to get this for a Christmas gift. Mark, you were out Christmas shopping late this afternoon. I was. I was. See, this Christmas gift isn't something that has to be there in a package whenever it comes. Just say, hey, razors are going to come to your door. It's the gift that keeps on giving. That's exactly right. And you don't have to stand in line with 50,000 other people. And you save money using discount code BROWNS. So that seems like the move. Seems like the play. Um, As always... We um, get a chance to talk to our grandpa right after the game. We love to hear his elation. He is the one that made us, that made our dad a Browns fan, and our dad is the one that made us Browns fans. So we love to uh, call him and get his perspective on the game. Luckily, we got a chance to call him right after this uh, divisional victory. Hello. Hey, Grandpa. It's Matthew. How are you? <laughs> Oh, Matthew. Well, that, that, that fourth quarter almost did him in. <laughs> it was like watching the Browns of old. Yeah, they, they almost let it slip away. You know, it started with that damn block punt, you know. I, uh, I, I don't know if the, uh, he ever had one block. He had one block once before, but that, uh, he's, he's pretty good about that. But that, that started it. Then, then they two scored those two fast touchdowns. I think it was... It was it was pretty good. If it wasn't for New Joku with that long long run to two minutes left, we been in some real trouble. <laughs> I think we probably were in good shape because we had a that was a second and short play, right? That Njoku yeah. converted, but that was yeah. kind of nice to see. It looked kind of funny well, yeah, <laughs> watching him run the full length of the field like that. It padded the stats yeah. too. A nice sixty-six yard pass play to to close things. Yeah, it was it's the fact that they didn't have any timeouts. So all the Browns had to do was try to run the timeout. But they needed they needed a, a good first down to start because they uh, it, it really helped them, you know. And there was a there was a holding penalty on uh, there was a holding penalty on uh, on, on the Bengals there when the Browns were down at the other end and that and they got a first down out of that when it could have been a really a problem if they'd have been backed up another five yards with a penalty. But, uh, you know, it is Joseph. He just he missed that uh, damn one extra point. How important those things get to be. <laughs> Your son was mad about that, too, and we were trying to tell him that people miss those things all the time. Yeah, you, you, you think it'd be a slam dunk. Usually it is, but uh, he's missed a couple of them now. That's not the first one he missed. Um, we not, need, not, we'll need to look up some stats across the NFL because – I think he's at least average uh, amongst NFL kickers on extra points. Like those get missed um, semi regularly now. Yeah. Well, uh, it's uh, it, it's a, it's a good thing he doesn't miss too many of them because the, uh, those extra those extra points uh, get to be very tough. Did you see? Did Did you see Mayfield glaring? And yeah. Jackson. Yeah. He's glaring at him all the while. He was walking, then he turned around and walked backwards. It was still glaring at him. Yeah. <laughs> I just, 
I guess he hates. I guess he hates his guts. <laughs> the last the last game, he wouldn't even he wouldn't even acknowledge anything. I guess he I guess he had a shake hands with him, but he he just kept going. So he gave him a half-hearted handshake because he didn't even want to talk to him. No one could feel worse about this whole situation than Jackson. As soon as he was out of the picture, his assistants that he had working under him have gone crazy and have really produced a winning team. And it, it was only after he was gone and, I, and, and out of their, out of, uh, not a problem for them anymore, you know? So, Grandpa, so, how does this sound? The Cleveland Browns will have a winning record in the division this year. I would love it. I'd love it. I'd love it. I, uh, I was hoping they'd win the last two games here. So if they, if they, if they beat uh, uh, Baltimore, yeah, that'll, they'll have a winning record, and I'd like nothing more. Then they, they, they will have beaten Baltimore twice, beat Cincinnati twice, and they, and they uh, let's see. Tied and, then tied. tied and lost they, to the Steelers. They, yeah. they tied and lost one, yeah. So they, they got a damn good record in a division. This Baker Mayfield, he has these guys believing in themselves. Did you watch I, that game I, yesterday, Grandpa? The Baltimore he, game? Yeah, yeah, that was a sleeper. <laughs> what do you What do you think? How do you like our chances next week to to I beat, like, to beat I, the I like Ravens? It very well. Baltimore is that impressed me. Uh, I I don't I I think that uh, we got a good chance of, of beating them next week. Uh, they, they, they're just sort of demoralized, I think. They just don't have it. Uh, what do you I, mean? Uh, well, you know, they got their, they got their, their, uh, they, they lost that flack. Oh, he's not playing. He's not playing, you know. And uh, I think there's some, I think there's some tension there because I know that Flacco is pissed uh, because he's been, he's, he's been a starter for all these years, you know. All of a sudden, you know, he gets hurt, and now, now he's out. Usually, when they if somebody, if a player gets hurt, you know, they say that, or they used to can't lose your job because you got hurt. When you get well, you, you get your job back. Well, it doesn't work that way anymore. No, clearly <laughs> not. You, well, well, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, look at the look at Connor with the with the Steelers. You know, uh, with with Bell not playing, it, the guy never played. All of a sudden, he was a he, uh, he almost had a thousand yards. Yeah, he's a Pro Bowler this year. Yeah. And he never got to play because of Bell. Bell, now Bell wasn't playing. That you know, otherwise they would never, never give this guy a chance. You know, and the only reason he was playing is because they had to. They had no choice. <laughs> these guys really, they excel, and they when they when they get a chance, they just have to do their best when they get a chance because they never know if they're going to get another one. So you think you think the Ravens are demoralized? They're they're currently sitting in. Um... In a wild card spot, they they could still win the division if Pittsburgh loses. And they beat uh, arguably one of the best teams in the NFL yesterday on on, yeah, on a well, road game. Well, I don't think so. I I, I think there's a, I think they I got some problems, uh, and they're lucky they they're lucky they won the other day. And I I don't see them being very dominant. I I don't think they're gonna they're not gonna win next week. I hope you're right. But, they're not going to win next week. The Browns, the Browns are on a roll, and and they're not, you know. And uh, if, if if you catch a team that's on the downhill slide, then you're and you're on the rise, you know. There's no no question about who's going to win that game. It's going to be the Browns. 
Grupa. You're making me laugh. I, I, the the yeah, Ravens yeah. the Ravens have won five of their last six games. They're doing I great. Know. So yeah, have we. Well. So have we. <laughs> I, I think the Browns are going to prevail. So, all right, Grandpa. Go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs> we'll let you go. Okay, okay guys. Thanks for coming. I'll talk to you. You got all it. Right. Merry Christmas. Merry Bye. Christmas. Bye. So what I gathered from Grandpa is we don't have to worry about next week. The Ravens. In the bag. The Ravens, In the bag. They're not concerned. We shouldn't be concerned. It's a W for sure. If only Flacco was playing, <laughs> it'd be a problem. Well, they'd be amped up because that's their guy. <coughs> yeah. That's their quarterback. They're just rallying around <laughs> Joe Flacco, who's probably going to be playing in like Jacksonville next year. I was thinking about this. Oh, that's true. Well, well, <laughs> I was thinking about what if Derek Carr goes to Jacksonville? Jacksonville has their pick. They could take Teddy Bridgewater. They could take Tyrod Taylor. Teddy Football. Would what be if, a good, what is Oakland going to do with Derek Carr? I mean, you've got to you think them, right? you, you would think so, but they <coughs> but clearly have no interest. There are very few teams that truly need a quarterback. Jacksonville is one of them, and they clearly have the best rest of the team. Yes. So whichever quarterback they want, they you would think should be able to get. Who would? You, who but would hey, you maybe they'll just roll with Cody Kessler. Who, who would knows? you? Who would you take? <laughs> maybe they'll put Blake uh, back of, in. There. Okay, of those of the free agent like quarterbacks, the ones who are going to be available. True free agents. Okay, for we, not not for a trade, but for will be just you could. True free agents. I don't think well, there's more I'm than assuming, Tyrod and Teddy. As I'm assuming like, the Ravens are going to cut Flacco. Are you assuming they're moving off of, from Derek Carr too? No, I don't think so. So if you're just talking about to me, then you're just talking about Flacco, Bridgewater, and Tyrod and Nick Foles. Is Nick Foles contract? Don't the Eagles have an option on him? It's, they would have to tag him. They'd have to tag him. Well, Nick Foles would be my number one choice. I don't think I would take Nick Foles first. I think Nick Foles is would succeeding mostly from coaching. And I I don't know who the Jags' offensive coordinator is going to be. So maybe I'm... Mm. But he succeeded before. In very coaching. limited amounts. And then like was kind of crappy. So... He had that one season with I think Chip, Chip Kelly, Kelly that was yeah. Nick like, Foles is an aberration. Yeah, I don't, and it makes me wonder if Carson Wentz is good. Is Carson Wentz better than we see, or is he not nearly as good as people think he is? To answer your question um, about which quarterback I would take, <laughs> I would take Teddy Bridgewater. I think that's a safe call. Do you remember when we were all linked arms, or at least I was chanting for Teddy Bridgewater to be the quarterback that we picked and so we picked johnny manziel gosh if only we were the gm back then i just it think would have you saved have a lot of heartache but like right now oh i'm happy i don't even care are. about the last four years because it's in the past i just think with teddy bridgewater it's like a million times brighter yep if i'm the jags i just think with teddy bridgewater you have much more upside potential and the what you know is about the same with all those guys do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Nick Foles and like, what are you really going to be getting from like a Joe Flacco? Like, is there's like no upside there. That's like a holdover type situation. But with Teddy Bridgewater, like you know, you're getting about the same level of performance as a Nick Foles and a um, <clears throat> Flacco. I think Joe. But Flacco's you got potential for him to be the guy for ten years. Yeah. I think Joe Flacco's baseline is better than Teddy Bridgewater, so. I don't, like, well, still, I don't think I agree would, with that. What would like, Joe Flacco have done for the Jaguars if he was the Jaguars quarterback all year long? Where would the Jaguars be? In a much better spot than they are now. They'd be at least 500. But Bridgewater, Bridgewater was good. Still 
was a little bit of an unknown, like developing. But he's an ascending me, player. And then had that knee injury, and he hasn't played. The thing I know about Teddy Bridgewater is that any team he's been on, has his teammates have absolutely loved him and have cared about him a lot. Like that, I mean, what we've seen for Baker Mayfield this year, like makes me all the more of a believer in that aspect of being a quarterback. The it factor. Joe Flacco does not inspire me in such a way. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Joe so, Flacco uh, looks like Matthew, if that's telling you anything. <laughs> that's not what you want your quarterback to look like. Um, so, hair uh, upon hair upon hair. So Bridgewater goes to Jacksonville. Where does Flacco go? Who still needs a quarterback? There's very few. That's the point. Denver? There's very few teams. But, I mean, he, is Flacco better than Keenum? I don't know. Like, Keenum, Denver, Keenum's Oakland, potentially. But then Derek Carr's on the market, and I might take Derek Carr over Bridgewater. Oh, if, if oh, you're I Jacksonville and you could potentially get Derek Carr, you'd do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think so. Um, but there's there's some like decent, for the first time in a long time, I feel like there's some decent veteran NFL quarterbacks that are going to One of those guys is going to lose out and have to take like a $4 million one-year deal. It'll be the A.J. McCarron situation where everybody was thinking he'd sign like a $16 million a year deal and he signed for like $3 million a year and they got traded. Yeah. I'm interested to see what the Browns do. Talking about quarterbacks. We need. We probably need a backup. I Do you keep rolling? Do you just roll with Stanton as your backup, which is an option? Or do you take a more capable backup and get Such somebody as. else in there. Like Tyrod. Like I would, I might, I would much prefer the situation we have going on right now with Tyrod as our backup versus Drew Stanton. I mean, depending on what the market is, he might... Right. I'm saying if we get that he might be able scrub, to get for whoever the... $5 million a year or yeah. whatever. I mean, you got to get the right guy. Um, I think the likely scenario is we just go with Stanton and then have like a practice squad young rookie quarterback. No, I think it's you go with Stanton and then you just see what opportunity presents itself. Yeah. Where where you could pick up a, a, a backup who you but, feel really good about or you could draft a player that you like or you could just But your approach you want. your approach at quarterback changes when you're contending. Yeah. It reminds when me you're of, contending like you can't yeah. dick around because well, no, like the Eagles won a Super Bowl last year because they didn't dick around at quarterback yeah. and they kept Nick Foles and paid a little extra to keep him as a backup instead of just rolling with Carson Wentz. But at the same time, that's so rare. And it reminds me of the Tom Moore quote when he was talking about Peyton Manning and the backup not getting any reps and somebody asking him about him. Yeah. And he says, because if Peyton goes down, we're fucked and we don't practice, we're fucked. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if Baker goes down, we're fucked and we're not going to practice, we're fucked. So it doesn't matter who the backup is. Uh, this is true. And it's... a. Fantastic quote. I've got a lot of editing to do. <laughs> yes, you do. Speaking of, but we are not that because we have Baker Mayfield. Matthew, you're doing some research on his season this year, um, which was which was news to me. And he didn't play the first few games of the season. Yeah, two and a half games. He wasn't in. Lay um, some stats on us. And yet he is within striking distance of having a top five Browns quarterback season of all time. 400 yards will bring him into the top five yardage. Three touchdowns. We'll He's give not going to get 400 yards, for the record, playing the Ravens, the Ravens defense next yeah, week. Yeah, he, he probably won't. But even the fact that... that He's in contention. He's is, playing with a two-and-a-half game right? handicap. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, he, he 
certainly would have had that yardage, right? Right. Um, three touchdowns will not only give him the rookie record, but will bring him into top five all time for Browns quarterbacks with twenty seven. I think it's year. definitely in play for him to get two touchdowns next week and tie oh, that record oh, with yeah. Wilson. How many and different Manning. people? Is it just Wilson and it's, Manning? It's that are Wilson tied and Manning top? at twenty six. Which sucks. It's nice company. It is good company. But those guys started all of their games. And yeah. Baker Mayfield is a tenth of a percentage point away. <laughs> From being the all-time Browns leader in completion percentage, that's not just rookies. That's the all-time, time. any season. But that number has been ticking up post Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley. Like every week, I think he goes up a notch because his completion percentage, his his just efficiency overall. I mean, what was has it like three weeks ago? He was he's like, had like two incompletions, <laughs> three incompletions. It was something nasty, but. That that shows how like incompetent it is, and most of those like top five seasons are Brian Sipe in the eighties, where he was throwing like twenty five touchdown passes, fourteen interceptions, thirty five hundred yards, and people loved it. What about interceptions? Many years, I would take that. Matthew, what about interceptions? Where does Baker's interceptions rank up amongst other? As far as like how many, how many does he have on the year? He's got eleven. So wait, against what how many like touchdowns his, with twenty four? Like right now he's sitting at twenty four touchdowns to eleven interceptions. For a rookie, that's I darn mean, good. I mean, it's better than when you compare it to that's the right. other first round rookies. What's What's most important is his interception rate is near the the top of the Browns list because you, we just throw so much more. I mean the yeah. the era in the NFL is a is yeah. a throwing era. So. I mean, you, you could argue that the, the yardage statistic isn't nearly as impressive as maybe Brian Sipe in 1980, you know? Yeah. But the interception, the interception rate, is, rate the is darn impressive. Yeah. And you would like to think that there's nowhere to go but up. I mean, it's his rookie season. There's something to be said about it being scheme because you saw how he played whenever he was in Hugh and Todd Haley's scheme. And now you see how he's playing now, and that's where all these numbers have come in. There's two things that kind of come to my mind. First, Baker Mayfield, assuming everything goes fine, knock on wood, is going to own all of those top five like seasons by the end of it. And second, how sad is it that a rookie can come in and play 13 and a half games and have a top five season in your franchise's history? He it, do, he does things we've never seen. Brad's like like you shouldn't do. you shouldn't be able to not play all of the games and still crack that top five. Like it just has me nervous. That it's it's gonna it. it's it's, it's not gonna, gonna last somehow. I don't We're see. Gonna, we'll find a way. This is like the feels like the most sure thing we've ever had. And I mean. I mean, we're talking wow. about Russell Wilson and Peyton Manning's rookie records that he's coming up on with his wow. with a handicap. Like, he didn't play as many games as them. It's just incredible. And, and Peyton Manning had far more interceptions in his rookie year yeah, than he threw like Baker has right now. Yeah, And, like, he's the guy, Baker is the guy that is rallying this team to win these last two games. He's publicly, like, he, saying, if you don't want to win these games, get out. He single-handedly filled the stadium for this game. Manning had 28 interceptions his rookie year. <laughs> oh, yeah. 26 touchdowns, 28 interceptions. Peyton Manning, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. I would yeah. argue that he is. He's phenomenal. Peyton Manning had 3,700 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 28 interceptions. 
Baker will have a chance to best all of those numbers in 13 and a half games. And I, like, don't get me wrong, Peyton wasn't great his rookie season and, like, really got great in the years after that. So we'll see where, where mm-hmm. Baker goes. But still. <laughs> so, right Hey, now, guys, there was a football game we played today. There was a we football won. game we played today. For the record, for the listeners, we're recording this the night of the game when we normally record Monday night because Monday night's Christmas Eve, and that would be difficult to accomplish. So for your listening pleasure, we're getting this out early. We're talking about it the day of the game. It's really we didn't want to record on Christmas Eve, but great spin on it, Michael. I mean, it was either that or we didn't give them any content. So we are. So, we are. I mean, yeah. that's really... We're doing it. For the listener. We're doing it. Um, so we obviously got the big win. We, like Grandpa stated so clearly, we were letting it slip away there in the fourth quarter. It's kind of reminiscent of how we played the Bengals in the first game. What do you think we did right? Barring all of the Bengals injuries and them just being a defeated and dilapidated team. What did you see that happened well for the Browns? We stayed aggressive. I mean, we didn't come into this game just saying, oh, the Bengals suck and they're injured and we're going to automatically win this game. We we were aggressive from the start. I mean, you saw the creative play calling that Freddie Kitchens pulled out and you saw us going on for fourth and one on a couple of occasions, you know? Yes. And that's that's indicative of a sense of urgency, right? I mean, you're you're not just content to like go through the motions. Like you, you feel like you need to have the pedal to the metal and that makes a hell of a difference. And we'll talk about it later, but it's why I, I think we have to hire Greg Williams as our head coach. Ooh, Ooh let's go. But <laughs> Wow. Love it. Matthew's um, coming in hot today. <laughs> Love it. He's coming in hot today. He was over here. He's taking notes before I even came over. Woo! He was just like, <laughs> feeling good. Scrap. Let's go. Um, <laughs> but that's from the top down. John Dorsey has said that time and time again, how we want to win these last games of the season. Obviously, Greg Williams wants to win because he wants to keep his job. Baker wants to win because he's Baker Mayfield. And there's there's finally an alignment within the organization that I don't feel like has been there before. Um, Michael, what did you think? What was what what maybe not was most important, but what excited you most about the game? Uh this quarterback that we have playing for our team. His name's Baker Mayfield. Um that everything you? he did was ridiculous today. I mean, there were a few throws that he missed. There he wasn't like spot on with every single throw. He was throwing but there high were, again. I mean, there are about three or four throws that he are was. like that are right in Grandpa would say that's intentional. <laughs> There's three or four throws that I've never seen a Browns quarterback make. The biggest one that blows my mind is that deep sideline back shoulder pass to Duke Johnson in the second half. It was insane. What's so great is that's classic Duke. I mean, it's Duke up against a safety or right. something, and Duke just plays him. Yeah, like like just straight up casually just plays him. Um, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, the placement of that ball was perfect as well. Well, there's that, and there there was at least one to Richard Higgins along the sideline that was incredible. You had that one to um, Fells for the touchdown. Oh which, yeah, which was. I mean, Fells like boxed this guy out, put place perfectly. But still, it was in the exact right spot. It's, it, we we have never seen 
like even Derek Anderson in 2007 was not succeeding to this level. My, no. I think my favorite thing about individually, Baker, you know, no. it was a scheme, it was a team, it was there was a lot to be excited about. I think my favorite thing about Baker is his ability to compose himself under pressure, roll outside, and he always seems to be able to find receivers on the sideline. I have never seen so many sideline toe tap catches as I have since Baker's been playing quarterback. Like our receivers were for the Browns. Playing. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Every week, there's multiple. There's multiple. And other teams do it all the time, but yeah, th- this is the first time I've ever seen the Browns do it. This week we had he three makes or our, four. He makes our receivers look look capable. Exactly, <laughs> Rashard Higgins had a fantastic game today. Like Higgins looks good because yes, and, and Baker is making him look. We're good. rolling and, out Landry Higgins and Callaway, and I feel good about that right now, at least. Yeah, en- enough that we were talking during the game about free agents upcoming, and we're like, oh, we need a wide receiver. And yeah, we do, like objectively. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, oh man, but I kind of like the. But if Higgins like, keeps playing, like, you know what's really so interesting? Much room for improvement. You know still. what's really? We'll talk about this, I'm sure, a lot more in the off season. But you know who's could be really interesting with Baker Mayfield is Ricardo Lewis. Like he's super fast. Like I feel like Ricardo Lewis, Baker Mayfield is like the perfect quarterback for Ricardo Lewis. If he makes the team, right? Right, I know. Like I'm not It'll saying he's like, the guy you want to count on, but I'm like he could make a similar jump to like what we saw from Higgins this year, and it wouldn't like, shock yeah, me at all. Higgins, 2018, or like Rashad Perriman, and all of a sudden, you know, Ricardo Lewis can catch because a ball like catchable balls are being thrown to him instead of you know ducks from every Perriman, which angle. Perriman and Lewis are like the same player. Perriman and Lewis, yes, very much so. Who's I wonder who's bigger than the two of them. People talk about Perriman being big, but I always think of think, Perriman as a stick. I think Perriman's big. Lewis Lewis is like cut, yeah, but he's he's not. Perriman's thick. faster than Ricardo Lewis. Oh yeah, uh, Ricardo Lewis is pretty fast too. We'll but have, Perriman's like we'll have some fast. speed between them and Callaway. So I was listening. Which is good because they need to make up for freaking Jarvis Landry. I was listening to the NFL like concrete feet over there. I was listen, yeah. I was listening to the Ringer NFL show with Mace and he's uh, not gonna age well. It's gonna be bad. Jarvis Landry. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's yeah. got a few more good seasons, and that's about. Well, it. he like, could he could play the could play Larry quarterback Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald route and just or, catch everything that comes his way. And... Or court, this is a good segue. I was starting to talk about the Ringer NFL show, and I was gonna bring up Larry Fitzgerald. Let's go. Um, he's a free agent after this year, Larry Fitzgerald, and they were talking about which team they would love to see him like end his career on and they were talking about how much of a crush bill belichick has on larry fitzgerald and then they could really see him go into new england and like playing for you playing for one year or like trying to win a championship whatever which i don't think anyone would fault larry fitzgerald for doing um but they were like if but that's what they they brought up baker mayfield and they said how great would larry fitzgerald be with baker mayfield and it's so true because he's such a good route runner like he would be unbelievable it would be play for Freddie Kitchens. It would be so nice. Well, if we can bring in, if Arians catch comes, everything, come beautiful on. routes. Oh, although there is a beauty to Larry Fitzgerald having only played for one franchise. I love that. I so love pure. that guy. He's so pure. That's what he is. Yes. Uh. And they were good, and they were bad, and they were good, and they were bad. Like and yep. he was there throughout. So, anyways, 
It's a dream. But that's an off-season conversation. Let's talk yeah. about this game we had today. What What do you want to say about the game, Michael? Um, what? How about Jarvis Landry's 60-yard bomb? <laughs> I like how he... It it's like a up. Tim Tebow like lefty wind-up. That was the throwing motion of the century. It cracks me up how he came out and he's like, okay, you watch the play and you're like, okay, he's going to throw it. Is he going to throw it? Like, you're waiting. Okay. And he's like, all right, all right. And he's pumping and he's pumping it. I was and he's waiting pumping for it. him to just and then tuck he, it and run, then he rears like, back. Blowed up. And he rears back and just launches it so confidently. Like, just so confidently. Like, and here it goes. All right. And he just here's, rips here's, it. Here's the thing about Jarvis. the blades of grass on the way down. And then just... Here's the thing about Jarvis. Everything he does is done confidently. So Absolutely. Like you, you, you cannot say that that is a, a sign of, like, success. That no. It's gonna, that, that it's but it's still, it's still hilarious. It's still hilarious. knew that he could do what he just did. Because he threw the ball 50 yards yeah. across the hatches up to the other side of the field. I want to see the next-gen stats on how many yards it actually traveled. Because I bet you it's up oh close to 65. It was a 60-yard completion. I know, but there's a lot oh, of run yeah. after okay. the catch. So, like, in the air. And like, I want to know what the like air point. yards were. It was 63 yards. So that's from scrimmage to where it got tackled. Right. It, it's, he was a handful of yards it's behind It's got to be pretty scrimmage. damn yeah. close to 63. No. Right? I think it's well, it no, it's, I think it's over because of how much angle he had on that yeah. thing. Because he it's, threw it from the incredible. No, I would guess like 65 Here's to 70. Here's my question. Which is nuts. When he and OBJ were at LSU, they had terrible quarterback play. Would they have been better if they just kind of alternated one of them playing quarterback <laughs> and throwing it to the other one? I will say, we're giving... We're, Given Juice all this praise, Perriman did have to slow down to catch the ball. If if Juice had thrown it further, it could have been a touchdown. Or earlier. Or earlier. One of the two. It's so funny to watch wide receivers when they're like not not quarterbacks, like standing in the quote unquote pocket. Because a quarterback's sitting on their toes, like right? Yeah. They're jumping, they're like ready to move at any second. And a wide receiver when he's sitting in like a pocket, just like stands flat-footed, there. Flat footed, just stands Boom. there. It just like seems like nothing's happening. Just He's ripping it, surveying the field, <laughs> but just standing. I think I think we need to do a a Jarvis Landry inspired um, podcast competition. See oh, how gosh. far we can throw the football. I, I will go ahead and say no one bet on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We told Michael to start using his body to like put some weight behind it. I don't transfer my weight well at all when I throw a football. It's like all no. arm. It's and all it's square shoulders. Ugly. With a double clutch. It's ugly. He does throw it very far, barring the circumstances that he throws the ball. <laughs> like, like he, that, it, it's impressive. It's a, um, well, no, so, okay, so on offense, too, yeah. I think we take Nick Chubb for granted. That dude's a beast. He's so good. His stat line today, 19 rushes for 112 yards. He's 28 yards away from 1,000. It'll be the first thousand yard rusher since. Peyton so that's Hillis. that's certainly going to happen next week, barring also, any injury. He's also rushed more than any Browns rookie ever has in a season. And he didn't take over until For like what yards? Not yards. attempts. Yards. Yes. What game was it when he took over? Four, five. No, it was later than that. I thought it was like the. F- when did we? Tr- it was right before the trade deadline. It was right before the. Uh, it was right before the Tampa Bay game. I think that's right. Um, yeah, but he, we he traded t- Carlos Hyde on the nineteenth of October. Yeah, so that's at least six games in. 
So Maybe did. seven games in. And he's about to get a thousand yards. And that's impressive. I mean, he was right. He was participating. He probably had like three hundred yards before he became. I don't think started, he had three hundred. He had that one had that really Oakland big game. run. He had that Oakland had. game where he had over a hundred yards on three carries. But other than that, it wasn't any like huge chunks of yards. No, Nick Chubb is freaking good. Our offensive line is as good as we could have hoped, given the situation. Like. Greg Robinson wasn't spoken of today. He's good. What I want to revisit this. We talked about this. We have to try to re-sign Greg Robinson, right? What way? I would much rather sign. I would much rather give Greg Robinson the contract we gave Chris Hubbard and let Chris Hubbard walk. That's for sure. I don't, I don't think we can because of the no Hubbard can walk after one season. Yes. Hubbard can walk. That'd be interesting. What do you think? There's a little hit, but it's not massive. Uh, what do you I'll think get it's the gonna take? On that. What's it going to take to sign Greg Robinson? Because there are no free agent offensive line. Um, it gets harder every week. I mean, legitimately, like that's not an exaggeration. I think that he is helping himself long term. I I mean, but let's he's think not. About this. He's not going to get a Nate Solder deal. I think no, Nate, Nate Solder's like sixteen Solder million. Sixteen million a year. Like, do you think you could get Robinson for? Like twelve a year? Oh, that's too much. I don't think you sign Robinson for twelve a year. I think but who it's, else you who? So I agree with you, but it's a it's a supply and demand issue. I'd we rather put Batonio. I'd option. rather I'd rather no. I think we do. I think I'd much rather put Batonio out there at left tackle with and, Corbett and left, put Corbett play left, left guard. I absolutely would. Okay. That's. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that I would rather do that. I don't think I want to go more than like. Eight million, yeah, is about where I'm at with Greg Robinson. I'm thinking like if you and he's, mate, he's played well. If you could go for like a ten to twelve million dollar a year deal, just with with a team with an out. Here's here's the play: you send Baker Mayfield in there to close the deal, <laughs> <laughs> and on, he'll Greg. make it happen. Greg, <laughs> just let Baker negotiate the Greg, deal. You know I like you. I've been gunning for you since day one. Yeah. But here's the thing with Greg Robinson, I think you can get him probably below market value, just given his history as a player. He's come in, he's got all the talent in the world. He lost confidence because of the situation well, that he's sure. in, what? and now he's he's finally hit his stride. You can probably get him. To, he's not that old. He's 26. So you sign him to say a three, four year deal. He knows that he can be here, make some money establish himself it's a good place he's to be. in a good situation and then he can sign yeah short-term one more, deal one more big contract yeah no i think i think like it's that, definitely that could in be the a cards. win for for everybody i think it's in the cards and two weeks ago i still wasn't sold whether i thought like we needed to sign him and a lot of people were gunning for it like um pete smith has been a huge greg robinson fan for weeks been singing his praises and i'm good. i'm officially on board he's put enough on tape that i am I am good with it. And to be fair, he was pretty good last year in Detroit until he got hurt. To close the loop on the Chris Hubbard deal, um, he was only guaranteed $9 million at signing. So next year, if we would drop him before next season, we only lose $3.2 million in dead cap, which is probably more than it's worth. And who the plays, out who bef- plays right guard or right tackle? 
you can sign somebody, I guess, but you don't want to. But like Chris Hubbard was the the cream of the crop, right tackle, free agent signing this last season. So like, what? Who's out there? No, I don't think you sign. I don't think you cut Chris Hubbard. I think you probably trade Chris Hubbard if you do anything. You know, if you're able to sign Greg Robinson, you like that situation. Um, because you're not. It looks like they're not gonna put Corbett outside. Like Corbett's gonna be slotted. Somewhere One of the the what's, Hubbard, what's Hubbard set to make next year? If we don't make any changes, probably like seven, six and a half, something like that. His deal is a five-year, thirty-six million dollar deal. So the average on that is seven point three per year. There's not many people in free agency. There's not tackles in free agency. I don't think you really have that option. Short of short of moving someone from our current line that's sitting on the bench over to right tackle. We which would be which would be that person. which would be Robinson only would be the only person that possibly could, and then you go with the play where you put Batonio at okay. left tackle and then Corbett at guard. But that's not. This is hilarious to me that we're talking play. about this because we have all off season to like try to spend time to <laughs> talking about these. <laughs> this things. is a perfect filler for the off season. Yeah. Um, all right. So one thing that is happening right now in the current Browns world is we are not going to make the playoffs. It's official. We got to say it. We held out hope for as long as we possibly could. Um, okay, but, but how super frustrating is this? This is like I I had about thirty minutes where I was legitimately angry about. I this feel today. it. I feel it. It was sharp when you just said that. Okay, because here's I wasn't that upset about this because I was just glad that things played out this season, that things went south enough for us to fire Hugh Jackson. Because if we don't fire Hugh Jackson, like none of this glory is happening. Right, so yeah. that's like possibly the best thing that happened to us this year is that Hugh Jackson was canned, right? I acknowledge that fact, but if Hugh Jackson was fired like a couple weeks earlier and we maybe pick up like that Tampa game, that would be a positive thing, and then we would be contending for the playoffs right now. The reason I'm so upset about this is because in the NFL, you have so few opportunities to actually capitalize on like your star players being healthy and under contract at the right time. Like I know that we're still early on this thing, but the windows aren't that big. And we have dealt with injuries to like Emmanuel Ogbas and players like that. The most significant injury we have right now is Christian Kirksey. And that's it. Denzel Ward now is our, another concussion. Our offensive line is intact. Like our defense, Miles Garrett has been healthy all season. Baker Mayfield has been healthy all season. Our starting running back, our skill position players, we have no significant injuries. And I don't think it's talked about enough that that is like a huge reason we're being successful as this season is concluding. Like so many other Having teams Joe are Schilbert dealing back. Yeah. And like you're going to lose players. Like that happens in the NFL. But like our injury luck this year has been phenomenal. And if one of those things happens better, like the Oakland spot, if that happens, if we win next week, we have a chance to make the playoffs. Like, it's that close. Like, and the fact that we are in this healthy position and not able to capitalize this season right now is really frustrating. We've waited this long, so it seems like what's another season and you just assume we're going to make the playoffs next year? But we the bet. stars don't align. Miles Garrett could bust his knee in week one, and Shut we up. could be done. Stop. I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, that's don't, all it takes. Don't speak that evil on me. That's all it takes. Don't and that's the reality. Put that evil on me. No, but, that, but that's not all it takes, because we're not, we're, we haven't arrived 
Like we're we're not where we need to be because next year we're not gonna lose any significant players. We're gonna lose like Tyrod. We're gonna lose perhaps Greg Robinson in free agency. Um, Derek Kindred maybe oh, like no. Body Calhoun. Like I, I'm, we might cut Jamie Collins, but we're gonna have a whole nother season to sign free agents and draft good contributing players. And next year we're gonna be deeper than we are this year. And so if we do have a significant injury on our defensive line or our linebackers or even on offense, we're going to be better equipped to deal with it than we were this year. And so we're just going to be rolling. And these wins that we're having right now is going to springboard our free agency success this offseason. Who's not going to want to come to Cleveland? That is why it is so important that we win these games because in free agency, we will be an attractive place to be because we have a quarterback, we have a running back, we have proven that our defense can be good. We have the, and the an- cornerstone pieces, most important position on defense, middle linebacker, defensive end, sealed. Corner. Cornerback, also yeah. sealed. And a new head coach who you know is going to get two years, right? So like that, that's worth it to a player to, to value and consider that the scheme isn't going to shift. This year free agency um, is going to be Unless it's your n- newfound value new vote greg williams he could only get one year perhaps but so you're all in you you're drinking the grandpa kool-aid it's not a bad kool-aid i like i like results it's a tasty kool-aid i've had a great couple of weeks (laughs) all right so let's let's talk about this greg williams is now five and two in the seven games that he's been a head coach for the cleveland browns this categorically better than hugh this league is just in the wins column so you (laughs) You've got two or three teams that have historically had success keeping, like, like you've got Bill Belichick and you've got Mike Tomlin and, you know, those they, they keep a head coach for a long period of time and that stability leads to success. This, this league is so Marvin up and Lewis. down. There's <laughs> so much success. Uh, but there's so much parity in this league. It's such, a, it's such an instant. Things can turn around in an instant. It's what have you done for me now? Like we're in a situation where we've got a formula that is working. We're five and two. We have an opportunity to go six and two in our final eight games. We've we've got core young players that are responding to this coaching staff. You why would you mess with that? Why would you go and think that the grass is greener on the other side when you've got something in house that you know works? If if you bring it back next year and something goes wrong and doesn't work. Get rid of them and bring somebody else in. Like you've still got the core young players, you've still got everything. You you're only risking messing it up by by bringing somebody else in. We have a chance to be four one and one in the division. Yeah, you can, you can do that every year. You're going to be just fine. Exactly. So I don't. At this point, regardless of what we do in week seventeen. I don't see a solid argument for not giving it a chance. So, like, who are, who are we going to bring in that we're going to be like, you know what, this is a complete unknown and we're rolling the dice, but we're confident that it's going to be better than I think what you, we're I th- letting go of. I think it's very contingent that we hitch our wagon to keeping Freddie Kitchens. If Freddie Kitchens leaves the picture for whatever reason, if that piece leaves, then that entire framework changes. We can't roll with that idea without Freddie Kitchens because Greg's not an offensive mind. And I can't 
say that Freddie Kitchens isn't one of the main reasons why we're succeeding right now. And that's fine. And that's fine. And here's what, so people have been saying we need to hire an off a head coach that is like guaranteeing that we'll keep Freddie Kitchens. And I that, agree. And that's great. But I think that's a terrible way to like hire a head coach. And Joe Banner has been talking about this on Twitter because he's like, if you hire this head coach because he says he's going to keep Freddie Kitchens and then Freddie Kitchens leaves in two years to become a head coach yeah, somewhere else, the worst case then you're screwed. If you just keep it where we are, you're going to roll with it. Freddie, Freddie Kitchens, Kitchens leaves. Then. You're like, I don't really have any affinity for Greg Williams individually. So like, if that doesn't keep working, fine. Also, I think Greg Williams has the perfect temperament to be a head coach in the modern NFL. We talked about it two weeks ago, where his defensive scheme fits mm-hmm. how yeah. like defenses need to play in this league. To win. Where being aggressive, picking your spots, just going for it. You know you're going to give up points. Creating key you're turnovers. Creating turnovers, doing that. Also, everybody in this league is so conservative when all of the underlying statistics show that you should go for it on fourth down more often, you should go for two-point well, conversions Not everyone often. is so conservative. All and the winning coaches are not conservative. Exactly. Jack McVay, like Sean Payton, Exactly. Like and Greg Williams Doug doesn't Peterson. give Doug a Peterson. crap. Greg Williams is go, 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 pedal to the metal, like freaking just like hard rock football. No, I love it. Every, and it's when, great. When we were on our first drive and we were at the opposing 45-yard line, it was fourth and one, and I was like, yeah, Greg's going here. Let's go. Yeah. Like, and then, we're trying to win the game. And the, the <laughs> rules are tailored to let you succeed in that situation. It's also like, fun for me to watch. Do it. And so I think I think it's perfect. And I don't really want – I mean, I don't really know with like the who's going to be our defensive coordinator if Blake Williams is going to get that job. That kind of uh, – Uninspiring. Uninspiring, whatever. But – all right. That sort of nepotism. We're doing just fine. Okay. If I had to play devil's advocate, this is what I would say. There's a lot of what you just said that I believe in. So, but if I had to play devil's advocate, I would say, do you not think that Hugh Jackson was just so incompetent that Greg Williams is really just doing like rather fundamental things and, and like, and is succeeding because he's just like a competent head coach and not like a ludicrous like abysmal head coach like Hugh Jackson was. So that's fine. I don't care. I I think in in a lot of ways that's all you need in a head coach and then you need underlying staff that is is capable in making things happen. Um I think Freddie Kitchens is Freddie Kitchens is great. I think Greg Williams is actually a pretty good defensive coordinator. So offensive coordinator. No, Greg Williams is a okay. really good defensive coordinator. Sorry, I thought you said Freddie Kitchens. Um, so I'm, I'm not really concerned about that. What I do want to know is who is the better option out there? Well, I think you interview all kinds of people. I mean, if Arians? Sean Payton could come, would you turn that down? He's not coming. Why I mean, if I, I'm coming? asking a hypothetical question. Sure, but like I mean, we could. Drew Brees has limited number of years. Say they get ousted in the first round, and something, and he they're gonna have hates the Loomis family. They're gonna have and he hates the Loomis family. Get out of here. His Sean Payton's first round is obviously what Michael was saying. I mean, I mean, I'm just saying, like in a hypothetical situation, like stop. Instead of just thinking about the people we know are available, like if there's someone outside of that realm, I think that those are possibilities. Yeah, I mean, I'd like Bill Belichick too, but would you though? It's not gonna happen. He doesn't have that many years left. 
Sean Payton's not leaving New Orleans. Why would he? I'm I'm not saying it's likely, but when Dane mentioned it, I think he's right. You shoot for the stars, and I absolutely think that that's the way that John Dorsey thinks. Okay, I'm not joking. I mean, so you have those interviews, and I agree. But you've got Greg Williams as your like you're interviewing them alongside Greg Williams, knowing that your baseline is pretty great. All right, here's my piece on it. My piece on it is that I don't think that the head coach is the most important person on staff. I think that you have to. There's a threshold where if you don't get if you don't get past it, then you're absolutely screwed. If you're completely incompetent like Hugh Jackson, you don't get past that threshold of being moderately competent, then you're screwed. But if you have a really good offensive coordinator and a good defensive coordinator, and I feel like that's where the league is going, is hiring really good up-and-coming coordinators. Yeah, but you don't have the longevity that way. Because if your offensive coordinator walks out the door and takes a head coaching job, so just say they hired Greg and you know Freddie Kitchens crushes it again next year, and then Freddie Kitchens is going to get a head coaching job this time next year. You know, he's gone. And, like, how great do you feel about Greg Williams as your head coach next year when he's having to make a decision about who the next offensive coordinator is going to be? Because I don't know that I feel good about that situation. Assuming that we can find a fine offensive coordinator, I feel fine about it because I don't want Greg to be the offensive But that's the assumption that I don't think is safe. But I, I, I feel fine with Greg doing the duties of a head coach of making the calls, being aggressive, just like setting the overall tone. Yeah. I mean, I've and, been that, impressed. and that's what I I've want from my head taking coach. Care of, he's actually taking care of the players better yeah. than Hugh has when yeah. like Hugh was the player's coach. I've been yeah. super impressed with Greg. I don't, I don't need Greg. Andy Reid being the head coach and also calling the offensive plays. Like That's very rare. I've been super impressed with Greg's ability to scale, to tone it back in this role. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's so la- been so loud and aggressive, he's, and now that he's, he's been head coach, crazy he's not the bumbling idiot yeah. that he like portrayed as defensive coordinator. Yeah, it's a different position, and he that's is honorable playing the role. Um, and so this that's another thing that concerns me about Greg Williams. I don't pretend to know one way or the other how he would be, but in a lot of ways, I feel like he is such a great foil to Hugh Jackson. And I worry about long term <laughs> how that plays the out. Players are only responding right, because you know what he's I mean? the antithesis of huge. <laughs> right, <now>. like <laughs> yeah, like I just wonder, like long term, how that plays out, and if you know he is able to, he would be able to maintain command, and things start to turn south where you know some of the stuff doesn't go right, and it, is that still a good yeah. head coach? You know, I don't know. Sure. Like everything's kind of played out quite well in his tenure here. Like I just, it's hard to know how those kind of things would, if, would if be handled. If we decided to settle with Greg Williams and you found that out, what would your initial gut reaction be? Like I would not be upset. Right now. I would so, definitely not be upset. So okay. who? Give me the list of people who you would hire ahead of Greg Williams right now. You said Sean Payton, which I mean, it's it's obvious. Sean Payton. Yes. I mean, if Sean Payton wants to come to Cleveland, like he's going to do it. I think I'm definitely just inclined towards a Sean Payton type of guy that is the offensive mind that is going to keep that consistent within my organization so, long term. So Sean Payton, Andy Reid, Sean McVay. Sean McVay is my number one. I'm going for Sean McVay. If yeah, I think, outside of those guys who aren't leaving their spots, and I think, all... and I think Lincoln Riley or someone like that could I could be convinced of, but I would have, I have lots of questions. So. 
Lincoln Riley, if he wants the job, you would give it to him ahead of what we currently have. I view that as such a roll of the dice. It's a, it's and and you I, would, I'm not you saying no, no, no. I did not say that. I said Lincoln Riley is one I would consider. I think Lincoln Riley. No, but I asked you who you would hire ahead of Greg Williams, and, and you I said s- Lincoln Riley. And I we talked about people I would, and then I said that he fits the description of the offensive type. So mind. is there is there only three? There's Sean Sean Payton, Andy Reid, Sean McVay, and nobody else ahead mm-hmm. of Greg Williams. I that seems also, like a pretty good hire. I'll, I'll take Greg Williams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I wonder. Uh, there's not a lot. There's not a lot. Like it needs to be I mean, like it, a really significant. And, like, and that's what yeah. I'm saying is that there's nobody out there that is like a- Eric Bieniemy might be one. Who's Eric, that? The offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. But he's not even calling plays. Yes, he is. No, yes, he not. is. Yes, he is. Okay. We we can debate I, about that. But I'm I'm saying that there's there's not guys that are available that are better than what we currently have. So why are we considering? Yes, I hear you it right up? now. So what Michael is saying is yes, absolutely. If we can take this and we can roll it into the beginning of next season and we can keep this momentum that we have going, his fear is that it won't continue, um, and that Greg Williams is not the type of person that can be the head coach. He's proven it multiple times that he cannot be the head coach mm. of an organization. It's been so long since his Bills tenure. Like, I almost don't even, like, consider that. I like that okay. as his experience, but it was literally, like, 15 years ago when he was the head coach of the Bills. So, like, he's been a defensive coordinator and been around, you know, fantastic head coaches and some not-so-fantastic head coaches and got a lot of experience. I, I don't think that it's a sure thing that he's not a good head coach. Yeah. I think I'm, you're a different person 15 years if later. I'm, if I'm casting my vote, I'm going with right now as it stands, Greg Williams seems like the safest bet to me. And like I, and that is contingent. I'm hitching that wagons to Freddie Kitchens being here. If Freddie Kitchens leaves, all bets are off. Greg Williams is out of here. But that's my problem with the Greg Williams hire is it's contingent that it, the great that the Freddie Kitchens piece is so pivotal to it but it is and it's it's om- a- and, but I know it is and I agree that it is I agree that in that for next season I like Greg Williams and Freddie Kitchens I don't like Greg Williams beyond that if Freddie Kitchens leaves that is a huge question mark a big concern to me and I it's too much of a question mark and so I want to consider this offseason. No, who are the offensive I, minds I that might be an option that would be a long-term solution? But I only care about next year because <laughs> this this league moves so quickly. You you can't worry about five years from now. We we've suffered under this for the longest time. You can't worry about five years from now. You have to. You've got something good. Worry about next year. The Seahawks are the best example of this. Where they like John Schneider, their GM, like if they're rolling, ship out the draft picks. We're going all in on this year and making it happen. You know, then like, I, I would be fine with next year just, is great. Greg Williams, Freddie Kitchens. Does. We might have a chance to win if it doesn't work. Reset after next year and go find somebody who you think gives you the best chance to win the year after that. But I want our team to con- to it's contend for years to come. Brown model. Like, that is- I want our team to contend for years to come. And so my point is, I think it might even be worth, not that I dislike Greg Williams and don't think that next year he would, pr- it would probably be a better situation. Freddie Kitchens 
as the head coach would be fine with me. Like I, I think it should be considered. But what, that's that's crazy. No, he's, it's not. He, he's never been. No, a coor- it's not. He's I've never been a coordinator until six weeks ago. And if he was sucking ass, then we would say that you know he shouldn't be considered as a head coach. But it's a completely different skill set. You're you're saying that it's a. Like just because he's been successful as a play caller, and, but and what you're out. doing, he was a running back coach six weeks ago, and he's a fantastic offensive coordinator. And I don't want him to go anywhere. And so, if I really feel that way, make the him best? the head coach and put the resources around him. To no, no, but you need a head coach who's going to be the best head coach, not just the guy that you're scared to lose. What's the best way to keep Freddie Kitchen? But I think the best I way think... to win is to have a great offensive mind in your building. And if he leaves, then you're then you're in trouble. He's I'd not, rather have he's that. Not leaving I'd rather next year. Like right. we're gonna be fine. But I would rather have the offensive mind in the building locked up than have a guy that I feel pretty good about as the head coach. Like right. Greg what, what do you think the best way to keep Freddie Kitchen is? You think it's make him the head coach right now? I do think that is the best way to keep him around. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, but I don't think that's the best way for the Browns fast, to succeed in 2019, you, though. Do you think? And in, that's why this is a hard decision. Do you think in 2019, if we succeed, Freddie Kitchens is a head coach somewhere 2020? Yes, I I firmly believe that. With the way that the with the way that the league is going. And Frank Reich doing so well as he is, like I mean, no one knew anything about Frank Reich. No one even thought that he was gonna do anything. Yeah, I can't and then he argue goes with to the that. I mean, like I absolutely believe that, and that's why I'm concerned about Greg just running these guys back. Is I'm not worried about next year because I do think that it would probably be optimal for next year for the Greg Williams Freddie Kitchen situation. Then roll with it. I don't think that you can because how do you then depart from Greg Williams and hold on? I you just can. think you I can. think you splinter you can the whole thing. Fire okay. a Super Bowl winning coach and hire the offensive coordinator as the head coach. That is something you can do. It's it's legally it's allowable. legally allowed. Okay, but here's the thing. I think you lose the locker room when you do that. Freddie Kitchens. I don't think you can. Freddie Kitchens has. I don't think you can. I don't think you can. Okay, maybe not. But maybe not. Yeah, I, I mean, think you're I mean, think overstating. About what you're saying to the players. You're well, you're jumping the gun here. Like Freddie Kitchens has been great, but he is not the only like competent offensive coordinator in the entire fucking league. Like there are more people. That's another edit. you can you can find them. <laughs> like we we don't need to plan our entire future around. Okay, like, but this guy but, who played quarterback at Alabama the, in the early nineties. I would make the same argument about a head coach. What is Greg Williams doing that is so like hard to come by? No, but, like, that's, I, what, but that's what I'm saying. I think the harder piece... We've got, to, we've the got har- a good, a no, good no, thing no, 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 no. and just, just I, roll with it next year. I think the harder piece to come by is the offensive piece, not the head coaching piece. I would much rather hire a Dave Taub, the special teams coordinator for the Chiefs, and keep Freddie Kitchens as our offensive coordinator so that... And you could move on because a guy like Dave Taub knows how to run a team and has been around. But and then you're knows in the same place you were. Then you're in the exact same, same spot, spot as you are, and you've already. Just and Freddie Kitchens gets team. hired away. No, but I think. <sighs> no, I agree. Like I think the only I agree with you that I think Freddie like I think Freddie Kitchens is the linchpin to the whole operation that we're running here. And I don't know how you keep him for if we're really successful next year. I don't know how you keep him for for two years from now. If we're super successful next year, good, like good make teams, a playoff good run. Good teams don't care about that. Don't they, care about they, what? 
they understand that their coordinators come up and and go through and and move But back. that's when they had those good teams though have the genius head coaches. Greg Williams, as much as I love him right now, is not the genius head coach. He is not Bill Belichick. He is not Andy Reid. He is not Sean Payton. That's the difference. That's why you can't roll with Greg Williams long term. Because when he loses his coordinators, he's not the same guy. He's not the same head coach. And it's fine with me if another very good offensive mind comes behind him. But I don't believe that that will happen. Okay. So, but if we lose our head, if we lose Freddie Kitchens next year after next season, yeah, means we had a great season. Yeah. And then maybe. We're we, maybe we have to reset. I'll take great 2019 and have to reset with the exact same roster and go in 2021. Right. You don't move away from Greg Williams unless you get a fantastic, like, another option. Like, I'm not arguing that you just, like, you have to move away from Greg Williams. That's not what I'm saying at all. I th- think you have to play out all the other scenarios and see Sure, what you can do. but but I don't think it, nobody's because this is with the point. That if we get Sean Payton, that you move away from Greg Williams, but you haven't presented another alternative that is anywhere close. Well, to I'm not the GM with the like the contacts within the league. I have poor like, John Dorsey. Yeah, this is this is the internal monologue John's going through day to day to day to day. And every oh, yeah. game we win, it's getting harder for him because sure. it used to, at the beginning it was an easy decision. He just had to go out there into the market and find the guy that was going to be best. But now there is an entire fan base that's clamoring for Greg Williams to stay our head coach. And I think that makes it an easy decision because he's five and two. An easy. If, if he no. was, if he was four and three or three and four. But if you like, know, if you know in your gut that that's not like Michael's saying the best thing for the organization as a whole. Like if you know that he is not the best candidate for the job, he just happens to be winning games. It'll be like an easy to announce it that like no one's going to give you backlash whenever he says it, and that's going to be the easy thing to do. But that's not what John Dorsey does because he picked Baker Mayfield number one overall because he thought it was the right decision. But here's what's going to piss me off if we go with a guy like Mike McCarthy. Oh no, that would oh. piss everyone off. Yeah, yeah. No. I don't or, think it's possible for him to no. do that. Or whoever else is being like. Thrown I will record an entire podcast of me just saying bullshit, John Dorsey. Bullshit. <laughs> if we go Mike McCarthy, if we go Josh Daniels, if we go McDaniels, McDaniels, whatever. That guy. I'll be ticked if we go Dave Taub because I feel like he's just Greg Williams, like brings the same thing to the table, and like that's bullshit for Greg Williams. But an upgrade over Amos Jones for sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Our special absolutely. teams would be better. Actually. <laughs> Touche. Touche, John Williams. Um, but that, that's the thing. I, I don't, I'm just playing out the scenarios. I don't see a scenario. I absolutely hear what you're saying. And if, if Sean Payton wants to come to the Browns, absolutely. I don't, I don't see that happening. I, Greg Williams will be the Browns head coach in 2019. I think that's the most likely thing that happens at this point now, too. I mean, the, and the, I hope you the, hear me that, like, I don't entirely disagree with you. But I think it's not an easy decision. And I think it really needs to be like thought out. I mean, the only teams we've lost to are the Texans and the Chiefs since Greg's been our head coach. Yep. And we were in that Chiefs game. Like uh, we got we clawed. We we clawed, mm. but we had a game plan that allowed the us the sucked, chance which is kind to of win the game. But that, but things. that was also the first week that they Correct. took over. Yep. And so um 
Anyway, hmm. let's think about positives. Let's stop arguing. We're brothers here. We're not arguing. But yes, we are. <laughs> we are. We're just not mad at each other. Yeah, There's that, a difference. That is true. That is true. Uh, positive things that have happened. We are now 3-0 and in our color rush jerseys. Woo! Can we make Let's those go. the official jerseys? I know we've got one okay, more season. Okay, what's the white version? Here, what's can. the white version, though? It's white with, with brown, brown numbers. Brown numbers. Yes. White be. with brown numbers. So hey. orange orange highlights everywhere else, but brown numbers? What do you mean? No, Where think... are the highlights? Well, no, like brown... the stripes. Like... It's the same. It's the, the three so, orange, so two just... brown stripes. Three orange, two brown stripes. White. Okay, Michael disagrees. What are, what are the what are the road jerseys? This is why this is my biggest question. I don't have an answer. It doesn't it's, it doesn't have to fit the same model. Like it, it could could be something slightly no, different. I love the color rush jersey. Then you do the old. Remember our old socks that you keep those, the socks with the white, and then you stripes. have the orange and brown stripes at the top, and then you have the same stripes on our shoulder pads in the color rush, and then you have it all be white with. Brown numbers, brown names. Yeah. Orange See, I would, I would just, I mean, I'll be fine with anything different than what our current jerseys are. But I love how we already put it in our bid. As soon as we released the jersey, they're like, yeah, that's not the one. We just like <laughs> set a deadline for ourselves. Freaking <laughs> Alex Shiner, man. <laughs> I think there was too many cooks in the kitchen for that decision. Yeah. It was one of those situations where like groupthink was a negative. They yeah. outsmarted themselves on that one. I think yeah. there was. All right, so. 3 0. We'll make those our jerseys. It something will be similar. 20, 2020. Yeah, we're, we're going to have something like that. And we're I mean, never it's not that drastically it. different from like our old jerseys. Basically, I the think. The color the, rush ones, you mean? I think if you made a white version, it would look just like our old one. Yeah. Like you would just have the white as our old one and the color rush. Like basically, your brown one now all of a sudden has orange numbers. Yeah. Right? Like that's, yeah. like, that's kind of what you're dealing with. And I mean, I wouldn't hate it if they modified this color rush to have white numbers. No, like it, that, would, no, no it, it wouldn't look as good. It wouldn't look as good. No, I wouldn't. But it would still no. be an improvement on what we got. No, I like the orange numbers. I wouldn't hate it if they threw white stripes in the shoulder pads. Like in but, the shoulder region, they threw the white stripes in there with the orange. I like the simplicity. The simplicity of the orange is what makes it so good, though. It's part of it, but it, that's just a small section. So that's my question: is with the white, could you just go white with brown on it, with no orange? Because then you got the orange with the helmet. Yeah, I think you could. That could be. I think you could, and I think you could potentially go with like orange socks, and it could look really nice. I think it could look really nice. I I can dig it. Yeah, I like the simplicity too. I can dig it. We're not. You know what I'm saying? Just like the white with the brown, like the, you know, just like these color rushes. Just the white and the brown. You know, you got your orange pops. You know what's gonna suck? When the Browns are actually good next year. And they like make the playoffs and make a playoff run, and they're still in their shitty jerseys. And they've got the Browns written all down their leg. Because <laughs> let's be clear, that is happening next year. Let's be clear. We, I will be disappointed if we don't make the playoffs next year. I think that's fair to be disappointed if we don't make the playoffs. I mean, I'm disappointed right now that we didn't make the playoffs. So yeah, and there's there's a lot of NFL teams that end up disappointed because they don't make the playoffs, and for the first time in a long time, we belong in that conversation. We absolutely do. Um, we, so because we of, might come in next year as one of the favorites in our division. There's a good, especially if we win this next game. Yeah, we would be. What's James Conner's contract? I mean, he's, a, he's on his second, second year, so he's got at least one more year. Okay. No, he's got two, two more years. Two more years. It's a rookie. If he's <laughs> rookie, if this is his second year, four years for a rookie. Four years. 
contract. Got two more years. So the Browns game next week got flexed. I think from Matthew's the... been drinking all afternoon and is just like adding on to it here. Whereas we, you and I just got started. <laughs> That's quite possibly true. Um, and I'm loving the vibe that it's bringing. It's brought some aggression. It's brought some angst and some fight. So the Browns game next week got flexed from the one o'clock to the four thirty slot, right? Four thirty. Four fifteen. Four twenty five. Which something one? like that. Uh, right around there. It's the late game. Um, so it doesn't matter. We are in the semi prime time. Semi prime time because our game is contingent on who is going to get that wild card berth. If we beat the Ravens, then and the Steelers win, then the Steelers are going to get in and win the division. If the Steelers win and the Ravens win, the Steelers uh, or the Ravens would still get in. The Ravens control their own destiny. But the important thing is that we have a chance to keep the Ravens out of the playoffs. Next okay, week. so here's a question. Just like not even thinking about who's playing who and what's not. If you had to pick one team to allow into the playoffs, which one would you pick between the Ravens and the Steelers? This is kind of like being stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like, what do you really from, want? From a, from a Browns perspective? or from, Yeah, like, like from a fan, from a fan, it's just like the Steelers or the Ravens, you get to pick which one makes the playoffs. Whose day do you want to completely ruin? Well, the way the Ravens have been playing right now, the Ravens, I think, clearly deserve it. I think I'd let the the Ravens in the playoffs, and like I'm and not screw I, the Steelers. Yeah, I, I mean, I just think no, I, I dislike the Steelers more than the Ravens. The, at this and point. the Ravens have like essentially earned it with the last six weeks, switching to Lamar Jackson, like going on a, a winning streak. Like, too, I hate you, but touche. Right. Like, so objectively, not thinking about next week, so it makes this like an interesting little matchup next week because we obviously want to win. We want to have a winning record. There's so many reasons why I want to win this game heading into the offseason. Everything yeah. you could go on and on and on. The, the ideal scenario is we beat the Ravens and the Bengals beat the Steelers. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. What a dream. What a dream scenario for next week. Um, the Ravens still get into the playoffs, right? Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, I would no, like I agree. to hold the Ravens out of the playoffs. And Come on, Jeff reason. Driscoll. But in person, but we can hold the Steelers out of the playoffs. Yeah, we really like have much more control over no, what happens. No, but the Steelers the held themselves right. out of the playoffs by yeah, losing. Yeah, you're right. We, if, if the Steelers win and we beat the Ravens, then we were directly responsible for the Ravens not making the playoffs, and that is satisfying as all get out. It would be awesome to walk off their home field destroying yes. their hopes. Yes, to go into next so, like, so this is what's and interesting. to sweep them for the year. Ob- objectively, yeah. I would prefer the Ravens over the Steelers to make the playoffs, given the last like six weeks. Given the specific situation that we find ourselves in, I think it'll be more gratifying. Oh, it'll to, be so to keep much the more Ravens gratifying. from the playoffs it'll and win the game. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think I agree with you, but that it makes it that's what makes it weird is that if I was picking objectively, I would pick the other way around, where I would choose to knock the Steelers out. Yeah. To sweep the Ravens on the year, when as soon as we beat them at home, they all said, "Can't wait to see them at home next time," in Week Seventeen. They said so, it over and over again to oh. beat them at home would be. So how are we going to stop Lamar Jackson, though? No one's really figured that out. I'm a little. I think it's going to be a Jabril Peppers situation. I think you're going to see I mean, a lot of Jabril Peppers. No, like, but it's it's a, it's a box. Mul- it's multi level. 
Right. It's it's Joe Schobert. We've got the athletes in the, at the linebacker position. We've got the athletes at the secondary level. You've got to stop the run. You've got to stop Gus Edwards, their undrafted rookie, who's suddenly just like a freaking superstar running the football. You've got to win at the line of scrimmage and force Lamar Jackson to do what you want him to do. He's going yes. to have the ball in his hands. So you force him to do what you're planning on him doing, which might be running and you, you force him in a direction or it might be throwing and you're ready for it. I, I Yes, I agree with Michael, though. I think Jabril Peppers is going to be in the box and he's going to be spying constantly. That's what he did at Michigan nonstop. He set the edge in Michigan the whole time. He was playing in the box and he's like, I'm not letting one outside of me. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jabril was playing up front and spying Lamar and never letting Lamar get anywhere. If they're going to run the entire game, then we don't have to worry about not having a second safety back. I'm not. I'm not worried about Jackson throwing the ball. Just no, leave, no. Leave Randall up top. Put the corners yeah. in one on one. Bring the safety. Bring down, Jabril into the box. Down in the box and let him. It hurts a little that Denzel Ward's probably going to be out. But I don't really. I, I mean, talk, I mean, they don't have like any receivers aside from John Brown that is really any sort of threat. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to have Denzel Ward because he's our best corner. But but I think you might see a little less Jannard Avery coming off the edge because you like the um, contain that you get from Ogba and like a Chris Smith and a Zettel. Like the biggest thing with Lamar Jackson is not losing contain. But Avery's such a good athlete. Like like he's he can make up for it. Like if Zettel or Ogba are chasing Lamar Jackson, there's no chance. If Avery's doing it, he's at least keeping it close enough that it keeps him from cutting back. You know? I know you saw today. He made that awesome play where he beat. Um, was it the left tackle or tight end? Yeah, I don't remember. Bobby Hart. He, he came. He bounced on the inside and then made the tackle. Oh in the no! Backfield it was on the tight the end. It was, yeah, yeah. It was Uzuma. Who crushed us in the end zone? No, you made we've, some plays. You've got to find a way to get Avery on the field because he's probably top five best defensive player that we've got. So I'm just interested. Like I'm just saying, the contain is going to be super important. And I'm interested to see how they play it. I actually, surprisingly, I thought the Chargers did a good job of that in the game yesterday. They still lost. What do you think our offense does against this Ravens defense? What do you think we can produce against this defense that held the Chargers to 10 points? There were some things. So I think we've got to get quick passes, which the, the Chargers like weren't really doing. Philip Rivers was staying in the it pocket. It was weird. They there were, there was also late like, developing routes. I didn't like, understand it. Like that that first pass to Mike Williams that got picked <clears throat> off by Brendan Carr. Like kind of a fluke. You know, like like if, if that gets hit, like things change. So I, I think you go quick passes. I'm not terrified of their corners. Um obviously they've got like a, a strong like front seven, but outside of that, you you run the ball. Quick passes. We'll get Jarvis Landry working. We'll get Callaway working in the slot. Maybe hit some Njoku. The announcers were talking. The, the announcers were talking about this during the Chargers Ravens game a lot. That it appeared that the Ravens were doing a really good job of disguising their coverages, and that that was why Philip Rivers was having such a hard time. Is because he thought he had the read, and then he it was they were throwing him for a complete loop. Which if I, that, which if I that's, wonder if that's true. With Baker Mayfield coming in, like I just wonder. But I wonder if they even try that hard with a rookie quarterback on the other side. It's a great question. It's a great question. You know, that's that's something that you feel like is really important when you're going up against a Phillip Rivers or an Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, right? Yeah. But 
is it your top priority? And maybe they were doing stuff they hadn't done and put on film, and then now it's on film. Yeah. And the Browns have a chance to yeah, take so a look at it and make, you know, adjustments. How many new things have, do you, yeah. can you create? Yeah. All right, so um, looking forward to that game. that We got a chance to get above 500 for the season, which is obviously huge. Um, it would be a fantastic oh, way to would, end the season. It would feel so good. Um, First time since 2007. To win six of the last seven. That'd be fantastic. That's Who what is, we're talking what about. What is this team we're watching? <laughs> to win six of the last seven. That's what we're talking about. And it's... you don't even want to keep the the coaching staff. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that at all. <sighs> How um, dare you, Michael? How dare I'm shooting, you? I'm shooting higher than <laughs> where we are right now. How dare you? How dare you keep us in the muck, Matthew? Mm. Um, it's not the muck. Um, so we pick yeah, the lines. If this is the mug, yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> so we pick the lines every week of the primetime games, and we are currently in the middle of one of the primetime games we picked last week, so we don't have all of those statistics for you. Um, but we compete every week, and Michael keeps track of that on his handy-dandy Excel spreadsheet. Um, what We're not did doing it, this this week. But you're, aren't you going to say how we did last yeah. week? Uh, I'd have to pull it up if we well, do that. I'll that's what we it. talked about. You hate it when I say pre-production meeting, but that's what we talked about in the pre-production meeting. <laughs> We're working on it. Come on. <laughs> Here it comes. All right. So what was the score of that Tennessee-Washington game? Uh, they were under the line. The, what it was, was the nine. Line? What was the line that we bet Tennessee on? Tennessee won by nine. <laughs> and the line was ten. <laughs> yeah. So Mark lost that one. Matthew and I won it. Bummer. Which is great for me. Um, we're talking about Baltimore and the Chargers. Chargers were favored by four and a half. By the way, I'm the only one that took Baltimore. Won that one. Um, and then you guys both lost. Uh, then we, we all, all took KC on this one, so we're all there's six minutes left in this game, and they're losing by a lot. And then we all took the Browns. By seven at the time, which that line moved two and a half points. Did you know the line was nine and a half by the time the kickoff? Man, that's which, crazy. which is impressive because we ended up winning by eight. Eight, yeah. Um, but I mean, they scored eighteen points in the fourth quarter. So, guys, we might just need to just not make picks because yes. it's in the can. I already won. <laughs> You're up by. I'm up five. by over five games. All right. Oh, that's fine. There's still one to go. Bummer. This is it. Well, we can do it no, for the rest pick, of the season. See what the like what overall our, the whole season percentage is. Let's, what pick, are our, let's well, pick six games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. That sounds really favorable. So what are you. what are our percentages overall? Um <laughs> so this is without tonight's game being factored in. Um Matthew was picked seventeen winners and twenty seven losers, which is the thirty nine percent winning percentage. Vegas crushed Matthew. And Mark picked 21 winners, 23 losers, which is a 48% percentage. He can get back over 500. That's something to strive for. That is. I want to break even. Yeah, we'll make picks. We'll make picks and see what the overall season is. What this is telling me is that I should not be betting on NFL games, Uh, which is good to know. And I was at 26 and 18 for 59% as it stands right now. You were 26 and 18? Yeah. It's good. I gotta check this spreadsheet. <laughs> That's good. I'm, I'm worried about a little fraud situation. That's. I wish I'd been putting money on it. I mean, yeah. 
No, legitimately. No. You, you, how long actually, do we have to go for me to actually legitimately like be, think about... You'd wait, be Michael, putting an addition on your house at this point. No, he lost to I me. I lost that stupid spreadsheet. But I, we were over... I was over 50% and so was Matthew. Yeah. I, which is hilarious. If, if you're that, over 52 years in a row, that's... I mean... Yeah. That's good enough reason. I might have to be having a conversation with the wife tonight. That's, good. <laughs> That's not going to go well. Megan, How much money start. can we set aside for me to put in this NFL pool? <laughs> Megan, let me show you how much money we could make. Let, I have me, statistics let me explain sports gambling. <laughs> it's becoming very culturally favorable. Oh. That's hilarious. Okay, well, that's a bummer. I uh, hate to hear that. Congratulations, Michael. Yay! We'll, we'll do our Golf football pot. our football toss competition yeah. next week and yeah, exactly. Bring you bring back, me down, back down. Yeah, sometime during the off season. Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We appreciate you, and we appreciate you listening to our podcast. Um, just a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Barbasol. If you get the new Barbasol Shave Club, you will get the Shave Club from the brand that's been trusted by men for nearly a hundred years. They deliver a close, clean, and comfortable shave, and they now have premium razors. You can choose your convenient refill intervals that last one, two, or four months. Um, you can cancel or modify at any time, no strings attached. Just use discount code BROWNS at barbasol.com today to get $2 off your initial shave kit order. Uh, shave with Barbasol, watch the Browns, um, and be ready for a playoff berth next season. Let's go. Go Browns. Woo! Thank mm-hmm. you.